How you guys doing? Great, great to be here. Like Todd says, my name is Timur, even I look like Mexican. Uh, I'm from Central Asia. I'm doing this uh, challenge by Travis Walker and Tenor. They gave me to do this. Uh, no shave November. So uh, I was in Bandaran uh, for two weeks over there, helping and serving there. And then some of you wonder, who's this guy? Is he from Mexico? Uh, I'm not. I'm from Central. I'm just doing the American thing, you know. Uh, so this is the only thing I can pull it out. So, <laughs> well, again, glad to be here with you and share God's word to God's people. Um, and thank you, Todd, so much for giving me opportunity to preach. I love preaching. I love preach God's word and make much of Christ because the Bible is written. It's all about Jesus. And so, so that's my prayer uh, this morning to make much of him through Second uh, John. So before we jump in, let me ask you this question. If you have a PC, a personal computer, um, and I remember I used to have a PC, I repented, and I got a Mac. Uh, So if you are a PC holder, you know, I uh, challenge you, repent and get a Mac. I'm just kidding. Uh, And so I remember when I had a PC, I always getting these viruses, you know. Do you guys struggle with that? You know, if you're a PC, you have to, uh, this virus pops up there and there, and it's like, oh, I need to do something about it. So you go and you buy or you install antivirus, right? So it will stop a virus to come into your computer. Why you do that? Because you might, in your computer, might, you have a, a really important stuff in there, like pictures, videos, information, and you don't want the virus to come in and destroy all that. So you protect your computer from it. So same way we see in Second John. Second John tells us how we should protect the called love one another. The love one another love I call antivirus. That comes and you install into congregation or in your small groups to protect from false teaching. That are out there. So before I jump in into the text, I would like to invite uh, Zeb to come and read the whole uh, book, 13 verses. He, he will read and then I'll pray and then we'll jump in. Let's read Second John. The elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all who know the truth, because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever, grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and love. Now I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we were commanded by the Father. And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is a deceiver and is the Antichrist. Watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Son and the Father. 
Now, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, don't receive him into your house or give him any greeting. For whoever greets him just takes part in his wicked works. So though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. To the children of your elect, the children of your elect sister greet you. Let's bow our heads, let's pray. Father of grace, thank you so much for who you are. We praise you and we give you honor. Jesus, thank you so much for coming and living perfect life, going to the cross and taking the wrath of God upon yourself. And you didn't stay on the cross on the third day. You rose again for our justification. Holy Spirit, thank you so much for convicting us of our sin and pointing us to the cross. We praise you for the gospel. Lord, I pray uh, this morning that you will speak through me. This is, Lord, it's not all about me. It's all about you. I pray that Christ will be uh, known through the preaching of your word. So help us to uh, see what John really wanted us to know and how we can love one another because Christ loved us first. We love you so much, and we pray in your awesome name. Amen. So Second uh, John, uh, I love this book because Second uh, John gives us instructions how to love one another. The point of Second John is to love one another. But also there's a two streams that support the idea. Verse 1 through 4 supports the why we should love in, uh, in the truth. And verse 7 through 11 also kind of gives us warning why we should wa- love one another. So let's jump in and let's uh, go verse by verse and just see why we should love another. Before we do that, let me read again uh, verse 5, 6, and 7. That's the main point what John is doing here. Verse 5, And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should uh, walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such one is the deceiver and antichrist. So before we jump in and unpack those two verses, I would like to go what happened before, why John is writing, and I see the context, what's going on in the text. Verse 1 through 4, John is a truth lover. He loves the truth. Verse 1, he says, the elder of the elect lady. Let's stop there. Elder... um, a lot, of, a lot of theologians believe that John wrote because uh, the vocabulary and, and uh, uh, the writing style uh, really similar to First John and uh, the Gospel of John. So he mentioned himself as an elder. So it can be his age, it can be his um, office as an apostle, or it can be uh, the dignity. And so, so this 
I call him a Grandpa John. So this Grandpa John, he's probably the last apostle in the first century. And he's writing uh, to, uh, to elect lady. Well, some theologians believe that elect lady, there's a two um, kind of views on this. The first view, uh, some theologians believe that it's written to a particular lady at the church. Some call that lady electa because uh, the word uh, elect in Greek, electa. So they thought, oh, her name was electa. Some people thought her name was uh, curia. That's another Greek word for lord or lady, curias. Uh, and so they thought chosen curia. That's one view. The second view is uh, some people think it's a church, the body of believers. Because why he's using the feminine word to, because ekklesia in Greek, it's a, it's a feminine word for a church. You know, so guys, don't be discouraged. Sometimes you are called a bride of Christ. Sisters, don't get encouraged, uh, discouraged. Sometimes you're called a brother. And so uh, my uh, view uh, probably is written to the church. I might be wrong. So please bear with me. You know? I, so I might be wrong. But it seems like because he, in the text he uses a lot of plural pronouns. Watch yourselves. Love one another. And so, but that's not the point. So, uh, so Grandpa John is writing to the congregation, or maybe particularly the lady, and her children, the people in that congregation. And he says, whom I love in truth. I love in truth. John is the gospel man. He loves them because of the truth. John himself was impacted by the gospel. And he wanted to show the people that he's writing to, I love you in the gospel. Every time I go to Central Asia, back home, I love Christians there. I love to go and embrace them and give them a holy kiss. And like, I love you guys. But guess what? I'm not the only one who loves you. The universal church loves you too. The first family church loves you too. Lord willing, if when I go uh, next June to plant a church, that I'm, I'm going to pass out to them. Do you know what? The first family loves you too. John is not being selfish and saying, hey, I'm the only one who loves you too. It's interesting that he's trying to encourage uh, the believers that he's writing to saying, I'm not the only one. You're not the only one there. Other believers love you too. And they love you in the truth. Because of the truth, verse 2 says, that embinds in us and be with us forever. That truth that binds us in being for, uh, forever. This is the truth, that the real truth is Jesus Christ. He is the truth. He says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that truth binds us forever. It's not just kind of lowercase truth, comes and goes. That's the truth that doesn't go away. It remains and stays with us. That's encouraging. 
I hope this is encouraging for you as well. If you believe in Christ Jesus, the truth abides in you. Amen? And then John again in verse 3 preaches the gospel to them, reminds them of the gospel. He says, grace and mercy and peace be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and love. It's so encouraging that John saying, I love you so much. And also grace and mercy and peace from God the Father. I, I, I don't want to get any, you know, like sometimes, you know, uh, when you greet someone, you say, hey, what's up, peace, you know. But this is different kind of, it's grace. It reminds you that you've been saved by grace alone. My favorite rapper, Shailen, he uh, tells that uh, grace stands for uh, God's riches at Christ's expense. That's the grace. But not only grace, but mercy. You experience mercy from God the Father through Jesus Christ. That's the only way we can find mercy. It's looking at the rugged cross. That God gave his son because he's merciful. And not only mercy, but also peace. We have peace with God. We were enemies if you're not in Christ, you're enemy. But you can be reconciled to God through Christ Jesus. And you call him friend. So I have a peace with God. Not only peace with God, but also peace with one another. And not only with one another, but with myself. So that's what John is reminding uh, this congregation. You have a great, uh, it comes from Father and Jesus Christ. Those three blessings. Grace, mercy, and peace. That comes in truth and love. In verse 4, I love this. John always says, he says this, I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth. Just as we were commanded by the Father. John is not saying it's a kind of small joy out there. It's a great joy. He's so excited that he sees that some of them walking in the truth. John, uh, also in uh, 3 John verse 4, he says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walking in the truth. I want to be a pastor. And if some of you come, you know, or someone in my church will come and say, Pastor, what do you like to, uh, for a birthday? I would like to give you a birthday. Do you know what my response will be? I want to see you walking in the truth. That's the only gift I want, seeing you walking in the truth. And I know pastors here want that too. They want to see that you walking in the truth. That not only walking, but embracing it and giving your life for it. That you're so in love with God's truth that it comes out from you naturally. This is my prayer for you. 
that you will walk in the truth. No matter what, it might cost you. But this truth, it's amazing. It's absolute truth. It's not the truth that we, you know, sometimes we talk about it. What truth for you, what truth for you, what truth for me, what truth for me. Wrong. The John is talking about the truth of Jesus Christ. The great truth. The capital T truth. How are you doing uh, this morning? How are you walking with the truth? So walk in the truth. I want to see you guys walking in the truth. John sees them and that they're walking in the truth. They were commanded to us. So verse 1 through 4. So he explains why we should, uh, the truth walkers, why we should love one another. He couldn't just leave there, but he didn't. There's a verse 5 and 6. And I ask you, dear lady, now I thought you were, I were writing a new commandment. John is not saying, hey, listen, I'm writing you new stuff. That's what false teachers like to do. They love new stuff. I love John because he's old school. Because I am old school. I used to be a rapper. And, you know, hip-hop is really changing right now. I don't like it. I love old school hip-hop where they were wearing baggy clothes, had afros. But now a new school rap, it's more like skinny jeans. Skinny jeans for rappers? Ooh. They, they do a different, like, a performance, you know. I remember going to the old school rap. We just, listen, you know, we just do this, you know. Now you go to the uh, new school rap, it's more like exercise, you know, like, oh, go jump and jump, you know, like, and then I was like, whoa, I just weighed, I lost uh, 20 pounds. <laughs> That's a new school. And so John, it's old school, and I love it, because he says that I'm not writing you a new commandment, nothing what the all false teachers like to write. Let me bring something new, it's a cool thing. The, forget about old stuff. No, John says, I'm not writing you a new commandment, but the one we have from the beginning. I think John is thinking about uh, John 13, verse 34. He says this, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. So you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. That's what John is doing. He said, you love one another because Jesus first loved us. If you experience the love of Christ, you will love one another. That's what he's reminding us John, Grandpa John is reminding uh, the church to love one another. It's old school. It's, a, it's a awesome. Jesus loved us so much that he gave his own life. He demonstrated his love in this while we're still sinners. Christ died for us. So John says, go back to get reminded by that good news of Christ. 
so that you can love one another. Not only love one another, but walk in it. I know it sometimes is hard. In my, I've been convicted lately to love people that are not like me. I love, like I said, I love hip-hop music, but I don't like country music. <laughs> I think country music is part of the fall. <laughs> but because I was experienced what Christ has done for me, I go and love that person who likes country music. If you love country music, I love you. <laughs> You're wrong, but I love you. <laughs> That's what it's love. It's, it's not the kind of love that we sometimes throw around in the, in the culture. It's a holy uh, affection type love sacrificial love, that you're willing to say no to yourself and willing to go love that person that's not like you. How are you doing this morning? Are you doing that? Are you preaching the gospel to yourself that you were a sinner and you were enemy to God and God loved you so much that he gave his son? It's the same way we can practice that by being reminded of the gospel. And so we can love one another as well. So walk in it. Love because, and I love that he reminds us uh, twice from the beginning, from the beginning. Why he, in two verses, he reminds us that from the beginning. It's interesting. Sometimes we don't get it when we first time hear it. John is like, I'm going to repeat again. From the beginning. You know, in, in the Old Testament you see, when God calls, Moses, Moses. Some of you may be married, you know, and you try to call your husband's name. He doesn't pay any attention. And then you call again. Oh, okay. And so that's what he, I think John is doing here to remind us. Go back. Remind yourself that Jesus first loved you. And because of it, let's love one another. Let's love one another. So that's the main point that we should love one another. So the home, uh, take-home truth will be this. Christian love protects against deception. Christian love protects against deception. So now we're going to go to the second stream, the um, warning or about false teaching. Why we should love one another? Because it protects from deception. Verse 7, for many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is a deceiver and the Antichrist. It's interesting that he used the word for. It can be also translated because. So he says, love one another because there's false teachers out there. Do you know why sometimes we so struggling with uh, uh, loving one another? Because we're allowing false teaching come into our lives. And those false teachers, they love to bring a separation. They love to steal and speak lies to us. And so that's what John is saying, that we have to know that there are so many of them. So love one another, that's the only way can be protected. Protect that thing. 
And he not only calls them deceivers or liars, he also calls them antichrist. John is the, Grandpa John is the only one who, who um, export on antichrist. We see that in 1 John and 2 John. So why he mentioned antichrist in these verses? First uh, John tells us why. First John 2, verse 18 says, Children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that is the last hour. First John 4, verse 3 says this. About, he talks about the spirits. The test of the spirit. He said, And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now in the world already. Interesting that we live in the last days. We live in the last day that Jesus is coming soon. It was the last days in the first century, and it's the last day now. So Antichrist is already here. It's already here. And then in verse 8, he gives a warning. Why? We should know that. Watch yourself so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Watch yourself. Be careful. Because there's so many deceivers and antichrists out there. Protect yourself. So that you won't lose joy and peace that the John is worked for. That we all work for so that we can have that. But if we allow false teaching to come in into our congregation, our small groups, we will lose that. And he also said, uh, focus on the reward. There was a reward that we all going to stand before holy God. You know, the Christian, you will be judged too. And God will give you a reward, how you did here on the earth. But Jesus Christ is our reward. He will help us to not fall away. He will help us to walk in the truth and uh, help us to love one another if we fix our eyes on Christ. If we fix our eyes on Christ. So watch yourself, beloved. Protect yourself from these deceivers. And he gave comparison in verse 9. Everyone who goes on ahead, or in other words, there's an there's a, a orthodox teaching of the gospel. If you go too far, he said, if you go too far and does not abide in the teaching of Christ, does not have God. In other words, you don't have relationship. You don't have relationship with God. I mean, that's a bad place to be. Bad place to be. You don't want that. Our God is a king of kings and lord of lords. 
and you choosing some garbage to not have that relationship with him? If you in that place repent and there's amazing, there's a unity with him to have that open relationship with God. But whoever abides in the church and those who love the doctrine of Christ, those who love the doctrines of Christ, that they believe that Jesus came in the flesh, has both father and son. I'm not sure about you, but this is very encouraging. Very encouraging. Through Christ Jesus, because I believe that he came in the flesh. As the thir- uh, second person of the Trinity came in the flesh. And he said, I have a relationship with the Father and with the Son. That's encouraging. That's really encouraging. And I hope this is encouraging to you as well. So watch yourself, protect yourself, so that you can have freely amazing uh, relationship with the Father and with the Son through the Holy Spirit. And he also gives us another warning to why, why we should protect ourselves. Another way is to uh, not invite them into our homes. Because in first century, missionaries, the false teachers, they love to travel. And so John knew about that, and he wrote this letter. In verse 10, he says, If anyone comes to you and does not bring the teaching, that teaching that Christ came in the flesh, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting. Any greeting. That doesn't mean that you should not be hospitable. You should. You must be hospitable. What he's saying, don't give them your couch in your basement or a nice guest room, uh, room and board. Don't invite them. Hey, I have a basement over there. You can stay. I love what you do. That's what, he did not mean that. He said, do not do that. So your question is how we apply that in the 21st century. Well, for, we know the false teachers, they accept Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons. They like to come and knock your doors. Because actually they don't believe that kind of teaching. They don't believe that the deity of Christ came in the flesh. They don't believe that. They reject that. John is not saying you should not have a uh, good conversation with them, but don't allow them to come into your house and launch and stay there. Feed them and give them clothing. There's other false teachers who don't travel like that anymore in our century. They go to the hotels because they're so motivated by cash. But they're so smart, they come in the books and TV programs. Some of you here love to read those kind of stuff or watch those programs. So watch yourself, beloved. Do not allow anything that falls coming to your path. 
they can easily come in in the books and TV programs. This is what uh, I love how um, John Piper says about deception that this teacher is all about motivated. He said, deception works because it makes shame look glorious and ugly look pretty and folly look wise and suicidal ways look life-giving and sadness look like gladness. Deception works because we think we will be happier if we turn away from Christ and embrace sin. That's what they do. They advertise fake happiness. And sometimes we, because again, it's a new, it's a cool thing. Give it to me. We don't want to stay and abide in the uh, old the gospel of Christ. So if we do invite those false teachers into our lives, we, we take part in the wicked works. We take part. So I pray that you won't do that. That's my prayer for you this morning, that you will flee from false teaching. And the only way you can flee is loving one another. Love one another. Preach gospel to yourself every day and love one another. That's a good protection against false teaching. False teaching is like I said, it's like virus. Want to destroy your home. Wants to destroy your relationship with the Lord. So back again to the verse 5 and 6. I want to give you some applications. Those are five things I think will be help you to love one another. And I love our lighthouses. Lighthouses is an awesome place to practice that, to love one another. Some of you meet on Monday nights and Tuesdays, Thursday and Sundays. I love we have 45 lighthouses. Is that awesome? Leaders, I want to ask you, there's five things. When the first thing, ask deep questions. When you get together, go deep with them. Don't just go through sermon questions. They're a guy, they're good. But go deep with them. Ask good, hard questions because you love them. If you don't do that, I mean, it's just not going to be helpful. So go deep with your Lighthouse members. Second, be gospel-centered. Be gospel-centered. Preach the gospel to your lighthouses. Remind them of the gospel because we forget. We easily forget. Peter, Second Peter uh, 2 says that, I will always remind you of those things, of what things? Of the gospel. Remind them what Christ has done for them, that they have a grace and peace and, and mercy. Remind them of the gospel. Thirdly, Remove potential obstacles to openness and sharing. Remove those things. Let them be open. You can split them, girls and guys. I love in my lighthouse, we do that every Thursday. After we do our teaching and we split and we pray for one another, we share, we confess our sins to one another. 
the, so the healing can come. So I encourage you to encourage that to your people, to split in, uh, be open, share the, your struggles, your trials. So we can, that's what we're here, to love you, to encourage you, and point you to Christ. Fourthly, pray for your lighthouse regularly. Don't just pray on the day you meet. Pray every day. I pray for my lighthouse every day when I do devotion, when I drive with eyes open. I pray for my people because I pray that they will walk in the truth, that they will love one another, that they will love the gospel. Pray for them. Don't just pray just when you meet. Pray every day when you do your devotions. It's a healthy way to show that you care. I love when people pray for me. I love that. And I I believe that other people want you to pray for them too. And lastly, meet with them often. Sometimes we, I know we live in America and we're busy. I understand. I'm busy too. But I find a a time to meet one-on-one with my lighthouses. I buy them a lunch or dinner or coffee. I love coffee. If you're Christian, you need to love coffee. (laughs) Take them for coffee. I love doing that. So meet with them. Take them a dinner or lunch or talk with them or get to know them well. Sometimes it's hard to get to know one another when we so much so many people in in one room. But but it's, I think it's healthy to show that you also care and meet with them regularly. So those five things you can show that you love your lighthouse. You love one another by doing and reminding those things to them. So what John is doing again, two things, right? Two, uh, the, the goal is to love one another. But those two streams, stay in the truth. S- stay in the truth. Like John gave us example, that he loved them in the truth. So stay in the truth. And be careful. Watch yourself. Because there's many deceivers out there there's many of them so this is the message of the Lord to that we will love one another that's what he purchased us for that's what he gave his life for if you don't know Christ this morning we I invite you to come repent of your sins and put your trust in him. So you can experience that love. You cannot love the way John calls us to love. Because you, you didn't experience yourself the greater love of Christ Jesus.